Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the We Do Marketing Hour. I'm your host, Alex Valencia, and I'm super pleased and honored not to only have my friend, the mentor, the godfather of legal marketing, the man in the trenches, Harlan Schillinger himself here with me uh, once again on the show. After what, uh, uh, three weeks of taking a bike tour through uh, through the west coast of the United States? How about that? How was that, buddy? It was pretty awesome, but I'd like to correct you. Oh. It was three and a half weeks. Whoa. And I loved every minute of it. I mean, how often do you get a chance to just kind of walk away? You never really walk away completely and just do something you're very, very passionate about. Not often. And the fact that you do that annually, right? Yeah, I've been doing it for the last, uh, well, this particular trip uh, that I've been organizing for 20 years, I've been doing for 30 some odd years. Uh, and I've certainly been up in the Black Hills for over 40 years. Wow. And you organized uh, the, the, this whole thing, right? Well, this ride I organized for our motorcycle group, the Hamsters USA, which is a funny name to begin with. Yes. Uh, it's the most prestigious motorcycle club in the world you know, for custom motorcycles. It's the who's who of custom builders and what have you. And I'm just delighted that they, um, I can't even believe they, they invited me to the party, you know, many, many years ago. Um, and so, you know, that's a, that's a big part of my life. Funny name, but a very well-known group of, of, uh, of builders, manufacturers of, of uh, you know, motorcycles, shtick stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I know that's a, that's a great passion of yours. And we love watching your journey for uh, even if you don't post a lot on social, I know you're beginning and I know you're ending, right? We, we don't want to see every single minute of it. That's that's kind of where we've gone. We're social where everybody's uh, posting and uh, showing every minute everything and kind of missing out on the uh, missing out on the opportunity while you're living it. So I'm well, glad yeah, the ride was yeah the ride was started about 30 ooh, 36 seven years ago by Arlen Ness a very dear friend of mine unfortunately he passed away and Barry Cooney uh, they were building you know custom bikes they were probably the leaders and one of the leaders in custom bikes and they and they just said well why don't we just why don't we just ride the Sturgis uh, and this was on the west coast so they they headed out uh, you know on their uh, custom FXRs. Uh, just the two of them. The next year, they had six. And I joined the group the following year. There was 10 or 15 of us. And uh, eventually, Barry asked me to take over the ride, which means organizing it. Uh, you know, the stops, we we uh, we got a little more sophisticated over the years. You had a truck following us sometimes with some luggage. Uh, so the purpose of, of the whole event was you do something. You build custom bikes and you got to ride them. You know, right. 90, which is, I'm going to show you how that ties into our conversation. Uh, you know, it's doing something and, and, then, and then participating in it, you know, walking the walk or walking the talk. And 90% uh, of custom motorcycles, you can't ride. The essence of my motorcycle group is that we build and we ride what we build. And that's the a very significant difference. And, you know, it's kind of like our business, Alex. You know, there's so many people that pontificate on, well, do this, do this, do this, do that, do this, but they don't do it. Or they haven't done it. Or they don't tell you that they have failed at it. We've all failed. That's yeah. how you get to where you need to be. Exactly. But being real is really the essence of our conversation here today. Yeah, and that's why, you know, 
it was so important to have you on because obviously you are definitely one of the realest people I know. You've been instrumental in the growth of not only myself personally, but with our company. Um, you know, if you guys don't know, you know, Carlin for the past five years and I have our own little area at the National Trial Lawyers where we sit in the corner on the floor away from everyone and have our own conversations. And it's rare that we invite anybody there, but I've been fortunate to spend that time and have that time with him. So I appreciate you making it, making well, that. It's, a, it's our conference. Day. It's a conference room. It is our conference room. And and we, we can have a conference room wherever we want in the conference because we can just pop a squat wherever it is that we want. And we've, we've done it at Mast What's Made Perfect as yes, well. Sir. Yes, sir. We have. It's, nothing stops us. So if you don't already know about Harlan and, you know, I won't go too deep into his uh, bio and accomplishments because he's going to speak for himself. But since 1979, Harlan has worked aggressively, productively and professionally within legal advertising space, working with over 130 law firms in over 90 markets through North America. I mean, this guy knows his stuff in advertising, legal marketing. He's a consultant. He's a great man, someone you definitely need to know. Um, but we're going to dive deep into something that he's passionate about, something that I know internally frustrates you. It frustrates us in our business. Um, but I know it's something that you've helped tons of firms with. And we want to be able to teach and educate those new firms or even seasoned firms on, on your knowledge on not only, you know, intake conversion, but, you know, managing and, and growing the law firm. Um, you know, why, why don't you start touching on that? I know, you know, that's one of the things that you're super passionate about. Well, just to uh, give you a very short story from the beginning, when we started legal advertising, actually in 1978, 79, we started airing commercials, 80, I was already uh, down the road with about 50 clients that I peddled television commercials to. Made commercials, they did what they wanted to with them. And that was the very beginning of legal advertising. The only other person that was ahead of me was Len Jacoby. And Len is a dear friend and became a very long lasting client. Uh, so the long and short of it is no matter what we did, uh, the phone rang. I merged my energy in my business with Norton Fricky, a lawyer in Denver in 1984. No matter what Norton did, who began network affiliates, we couldn't get out of the way of, of business. If you had drop calls, you didn't call people back, whatever it was. I mean, you just had a barrage of, uh, you know, new clients coming at you uh, on every television commercial that was aired. And that's a fact. And that was not only for Norton and the people I worked with, but anybody that started legal advertising in the 80s. And the 90s got a little bit more competitive and uh, agencies started to pop up. And in 2000, you know, the world woke up to legal advertising and there was approximately in 2000, about 1500 people on television, lawyers on TV, approximately. So with that brought comp competition, competition for the case, competition for the client, competition amongst agencies, you know, striving to grow their advertising business, you know, for lawyers. And things really started to change. About 15 years ago, my clients came to me and said, Harlan, give me more leads. And I said, well, what'd you do with the last ones? Well, they weren't any good. And that really stuck in my head. I've been in the advertising world all of my life since 1975. And I had one of the most phenomenal 
mentors, a gentleman named Bill Meiskins. He was the executive creator director at J. Willa Thompson. He came up with the original idea of us getting into legal syndication and commercials. Anyway, to try to end a, a long story, uh, I took note and I said, wait a minute, that can't be. You can't generate all those calls and then being dropped or not turning into anything. And if they are nothing, then you should fire me. So I started to listen in on phone calls. I started to record telephone calls. This is 12, 14, 15 years ago. And what I discovered is that intake is absolutely the biggest hole in a law firm's bucket. And it still is today. And we'll get into how to make money at it and how to overcome that. But the, the truth of the matter is, if, uh, if you don't, uh, if, if you think that your intake is good, you're mistaken. When I say good, it's getting calls, of course, getting calls that you can convert viable personal injury cases. That's mm -hmm. one aspect of it. But converting that into a, into a contract, into a, a, you know, a fee agreement. And that's where the biggest opportunity is because you've already spent your money to make the phone ring. So I got more and more focused. I got more and more frustrated. I looked around for software. My dear friend, uh, who is still really great friends, Chris O'Brien came up with Captora, excellent system, loved it, still recommend it at times, a little cumbersome, we'll get into that. Uh, and uh, I certainly tried to push as many of my clients there. At the same time, I was looking for software and uh, my great friend, uh, Eric Kaufman was able to develop, and he's the genius behind a product called Lead Docket. Uh, myself, Eric, Kaufman and Dino Colombo, a lawyer, got together. We built this company. Eric is the backbone, the brains of the operation, because he came up with truly the best piece of software that, that's out there. And I'm not saying that. I just said it, but I'm not saying it because the experts have said it, because mm -hmm. it's easy to use, so people use it. It's unbelievably intuitive. It's comprehensive. Uh, it's really designed by a marketer and a lawyer and a great software maker. So that's the short version of my passion. What I discovered with intake and conversion is how big, Alex, that hole is. Look, I've never met a lawyer that said I didn't get everything that I wanted or I get 94% of what I wanted. But when you start listening to phone calls, number one, I call that demonstrative evidence. You want to get a lawyer's yeah. attention? Have them listen to a phone call. They don't do it. Nope. When they do it, they're shocked. Uh, and not everything is bad, by the way, no. because we're in a funny business. There is no ceiling on how much money you can make in the personal injury arena as a lawyer. You don't have to be a good lawyer. You don't have to, most guys aren't even good people, <laughs> yet they make an exorbitant amount of money because of the structure of legal, uh, excuse me, of, of personal injury. I resent that. I don't support that. To do business with me, you have to sign an agreement that you retake the, the oath of office that you took when you became a lawyer. Just read it. If you do that, you'll make a fortune. You have to let me record your telephone calls and you have to have a piece of CRM software so that we're dealing with facts and not emotion. Right. But the truth of it is, if you think about it, if you can convert more calls, then you'll make more money You'll bring more clients and you won't spend a nickel more to do it. So exactly. that is really an amazing part of this conversation.
is we're talking about increases of a minimum of 25% to 45%. And this is a fact. Talk to anybody that's been involved with, 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 this, uh, with, this, uh, with this type of thinking in today's marketplace. I can give you, you know, a couple of hundred. It's really funny because there's only about six or 700 pieces of software installed out of the 4,000 lawyers that advertise on television to put this in perspective. Wow. I mean, you really want to get shocked. Just record your phone calls and listen to the uh, listen to what's going on. And you'll say, oh, my, this is unbelievable. Wait a minute. That's not my law firm. It sure is. From lack of empathy uh, to lack of understanding, lack of gathering of information, most of all empathy. And then how do you close when the call comes in? Can, and do you mind, and, and I know we, you know, we, we have a schedule, but after listening to a couple of your podcasts, empathy was a huge one. And, you know, the ones that follow are obviously all important. Can we talk just a tiny bit about each one of those and what someone should be looking out for um, and, you know, what the importance of that is? Well, the person that's calling a law firm on one of the worst days of their life or the mm -hmm. day after, or the day after that, or somebody calling a law firm on behalf of somebody who is in a in a serious accident, is is uh, is the issue. I mean, how do you answer the telephone and talk to somebody that either lost somebody, lost their income, lost their car, lost their life, lost their leg? Almost ninety nine percent of all lawyers, law firms, answer the phone in a robotic way. They want to get information and they have a number of calls behind it. So they want to get right. off this call. All they want to do is, do you have a case? Do you have a case that I can have? That's pretty greedy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never looked at I mean, it like that. I mean, if you, this is the truth. If you, if you look at the oath of office that you took when you became a lawyer, and every lawyer has to take it, it's only a paragraph. It says, I will do this, 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 this in a compassionate way. I will follow the constitution of the United States and so on and so forth. But when it happens, when the phone rings in somebody's office, they're so anxious to find out, do you have a case? Who are you? What, where is it? What is it worth? What's in the back of their mind is, okay, what's the value and how much money am I going to make? Right. What is not done is compassion. What is not delivered is compassion. And you can, the lawyers listening to this can say, oh, well, yeah, we have compassion. My intake people do this. They don't. For the majority, majority being open at 99%. You can test me on this. Just simply saying, how are you? What is your problem? How may I help you? Not determine whether you're a good fit for them or they have a case. You immediately want to get rid of what's in front of you. So you charge into the into the intake and you're asking, well, what's your address? What was the accident? What was this? What was that? What was this? There's no compassion in that. There's a way to get the information and be compassionate. But where I'm leading to is that what is really the difference, Alex, between one law firm and another? In my opinion, the difference and many other people's opinion, opinions, the difference is how you are treated and how you feel when you talk to someone. You have invited me on the podcast because we developed a friendship a number of years ago. I believe it's because you 
appreciated that I took time in your life, in my life, to spend time with you and treat you the way I wanted to be treated. Agreed. Definitely. Well, that doesn't happen in, in intake. Rarely does it happen in intake. Yet they still, lawyers still make a great living. They, most of them make a fortune. Uh, but well, let's get back to the client. There's no compassion there. There's no differentiation between you and, and the, the other firm. Right, your number on the, on the uh, call queue. Yeah, we did a test uh, in, in, a, in, a, uh, in a southern market. We called, I think, uh, uh, nine or 11 of the competitors of this law firm. Well, I think three of them sounded a little bit compassionate. And they said, well, how are you feeling? That was it. Most didn't call the, say, I'll call you back. They, didn't, they left the conversation like, it's, you know, we're here. If you want us, come and get us. I mean, <laughs> really? Right. Yet all of these firms do business. But the superstars in the world stand out and they separate themselves from everybody else. And I'm so darn passionate about this because it is such a huge opportunity. We're talking about millions of dollars a year to a law firm that is falling in front of them, falling in on the ground. And that's my passion. But just sit back and think about it. Think about how your phone is answered. You may have the greatest people in the world, but if they're under pressure to ask the next call, uh, if they're under pressure just to simply get the information, if they're under pressure just to, and they are under pressure, yeah. just, to, just to figure out, do I have a case that's good for me? Think about that. Yeah. Is that the brand that you want to have? Is that what you want to be known for? Is that no. going to get you down the road? No, not at all. That's like you said, you got to differentiate yourself. You, you got to make that difference in, in that person. And it makes sense too, right? Like if you're spending time, the right time with that person, that could be that potential case that you're just pushing away to get onto the next one that doesn't mean anything and you just lost one. So you can see how the numbers start adding up by not having the right empathy or compassion towards the right client. Well, you have to start with hiring the right person. I'm a real believer of hiring for personality and teaching tactics. You can't teach personality. And, and believe me, this is a sales job. It's a opportunity, but it is a people-to-people -people business. Yeah. And putting that right person in is not only a challenge, uh, but a differentiation on uh, you versus your competitors. So I think that kind of sums up where my passion is in touching on these pieces. Uh, it's just, it's, it's logic. What do you want to be known for? Right. You want to be known for delivering the best possible service you can so people keep coming back. Well, that goes into brand. And the best case that you're ever going to uh, get in your office uh, generally speaking, I have to leave a little bit open uh, for chance, uh, is a referred case. You'll be hard pressed to find somebody that's booked more media than uh, been involved with booking more media than myself over since 1975 and 79 in, in legal. Uh, you know, five years ago, I retired from my agency. Mm -hmm. I got into a, a very focused uh, and narrow consulting uh, relationship with right. uh, seven to eight special people around the country. 
I'm a consigliere to them, uh, which means that we talk about everything. We work on each and every problem of the, of the, of the business. And uh, at the end of the day, I keep my clients out of trouble, keep them focused and show them how to make money, serious money. Um, and I only will deal with serious people. Serious people uh, have a commitment to their business and they don't put their ego in front of their pocketbook. What do you think differentiates like, let's get into like discussing what they could do differently. Obviously we talked about having that empathy and compassion, but in addition to that, you know, if you're, you're hiring and you're bringing on these people and you touched on this on another podcast, you know, about hiring, uh, working with someone like Jay Henderson, who was recently on my show, who's amazing. Um, you know, when you're putting this together and you're going to a law firm and you're acting as a consigliere, obviously this is one of the things they, they've got to read that oath, right? They've got to go by your rules. It's kind of like uh, Marcus Lemonis comes in and he's like, look, if I'm doing this, I'm doing this, right? If I'm going to partner with you, we're, this is a partnership. You're going to let me do it the way I want to do it because I know how it should work. Is that kind of what it looks like for you? And, you know, what what's... You know, what's the, I, I know the outcome, but I want the listeners to know what the outcome is when you allow that, when they allow that you to do what you do. Well, well, first of all, that sounds like a dictatorship. And I, and I don't believe in dictatorships. Um, I, I believe in partnerships. When you say, I'm not going to take a client on unless they will record phone calls, have an, a, a, you know, CRM, uh, read the oath of office. That's really not for me. That's for them, right? You know, if, if, you know, reading the oath of office and understanding it just allows you to know exactly who you're working for, which is the client. Having a CRM, how could you run a business without metrics? Right. Most law firms don't have metrics. They think they have metrics. Pulling metrics from a case management system is not the metrics I'm talking about. I'm looking for every aspect of 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 uh, of the business, and particularly the intake and conversion aspect of it. Uh, a lawyer walks in, uh, every lawyer that I've ever met walks into their office and they say, how many cases did we sign? I've never met a lawyer that walks in and said, how many cases didn't we sign and how many calls did we get? How many, how many, how many cases were good calls and bad calls? That doesn't exist. But I sure want to know that. Yeah. Why? So I can fix it. And without knowing uh, all of those uh, details, the metrics, um, you're blind. You're acting in an emotional manner, which the majority of law firms do and business owners do. So the reason I set those standards up and the reason I'm telling your audience to set those standards up is for their benefit, not mine. It doesn't make my job any easier. What it does is it allows you to work in the same room as somebody and, and be on the same page. You know, you can't, one of the biggest issues with, vendors and, and, and clients and such, they, they, they hire a vendor, they hire somebody to help them initiate their, whether it's, you know, your firm. Uh, and and they, they don't participate. They don't, they don't read everything you send them. They don't, they don't, they're not invested in, in the product. Uh, and, and, and so when it doesn't work, they blame you. Right. Well, what about some personal responsibility? You know, marketing is not for the faint of heart. It's also not for somebody that doesn't have the time to do it. You know, you've got to run a business. You're going exactly. to work in the business or on the business. 
Yeah, we want um, to get vested, like you said. And so whether it's the way I work or the way any of my really successful friends work, we all kind of work the same way. We're not going to take on a client that, you know, puts it all on me and then comes in and says, you failed. That's not, that's not how you succeed. And it's not, you got to pay attention. You have to pay attention to your business. So all the things that I request my client or insist, however you want to say it, you know, to, 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 uh, to, to sign off on in the beginning is, is just the working environment. You got to have those tools and, and, and the indication of not having those tools and not doing it, you know, just, you're not going to succeed. So it isn't my dictation. I'm showing you how to succeed. What are the next steps? Someone calls Harlan as a referral. You guys have an interview, you talk, What's it look like for them after the the first initial conversations? They have their CRMs. Um, they have an intake department or somewhat what they think. Are they answering the calls the way they should be or do they have the compassion and empathy? What's that look like for someone? Well, first of all, I, I talk to a lot of people with no strings attached. Yeah, My brand has been developed over the years and, it, and the brand is simple. I give more than I take. And right. anybody that knows me knows that, you know, I'll talk. If you, Alex, say, you know, have somebody ask me a question, I'm going to take the call. Uh, people say, well, you know, you only have a certain amount of time in the day and you're wasting time on people that you can't work with. I don't believe that. Number one, I, I learn. And number two, I'm helping somebody. Yeah. Uh, and that may sound very, um, you know, liberal, but the truth of the matter is, is that it's a two way street. But generally, uh, first of all, I'm not chasing business. I've got my hands full. I couldn't probably take on another client today. I have, uh, you know, uh, some proprietary situations in place. And I have some small uh, firms that I, I love to work with, uh, but my hands are full. That doesn't mean I would ignore a great situation that comes to me. Generally, what happens, and I, I hope this doesn't sound arrogant, somebody chases me for a while, not because I'm not available or or what have you. It's just that I'm just. My, I'm dedicated so much to what I'm doing in my clients that I'm, I'm not I'm not dedicated to adding on to that. I don't know if that makes any sense. Of that. It does. It you know, does. I have vendor friends that, you know, they go to every convention they're at every speaking at every event that this, but they're not really paying attention to their business. They think they are and they're telling that and they have people in place that are paying attention, but people are buying you. You know, so if you, yeah. you know, you can, you know, I, I taught this to, to many of my vendor friends, you know, get on stage, be exposed, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the truth of the matter is, is that people are, in my world, they're buying me. It's me. I don't have an assistant. I mean, I mean it's these conversations. Right. You get me, you get yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we usually dance around. And, you know, if the situation is absolutely right for both of us, the chances of me getting together, if it makes sense, are very good. But the chances are uh, thin that uh, I take on every client that comes my way. I mean, I just don't. Right. I mean, I get hit on, I guess, once a week, uh, which is a lot, which is huge. I'm, I'm just amazed. But the people I work with, you know, I'm dedicated to. And they'll, I think they'll tell you that. I hope they tell you that. Yeah. So the process is simple. You pick up the phone, you call me, I have a conversation with you. You're going to walk away with advice. I'm going to give you an honest 
uh, conversation. I'm going to help you. I'm not going to charge you uh, because you know I have nothing to charge you yet on. Um, and and I and I can honestly tell you how I do charge, which is kind of interesting. We're not here to sell me. We're here to provide information to your clients, to your people that are watching this podcast. Right. So I hope this all you know sheds light. Definitely. Um, as far as growing, I, and then this goes back to another podcast, and you touched on something so interesting, and I want you to dive deeper into it if you can. There was a law firm you had worked with, a great personal relationship that you have, that you had worked with for, for quite some time, and they were a big advertiser. Once you came in, and I forget the time frame, so um, you can dig into it, but they were such a big advertiser and they weren't converting as much as they thought, right? So here you are spending all this money. You think things are growing well um, because the money's coming in. But when someone like you, who's so strategic, who, who's got integrity and actually looks for the numbers and finds the data comes in and tweaks one thing, you said that that law firm decreased increased a lot of their advertising significantly because the tweet that you made internally but from the money that they were spending helped double i think it was the amount i think they went from well not double but maybe well i'll tell i'll tell you the story yeah uh, a very very dear friend of mine huge huge operator um asked me to come aboard after i retired from my agency and and specifically said don't do anything in three months and tell me what i have most importantly, tell me what I'm missing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I trademark what you don't know, you don't know. Right. I own the registration on that worldwide. And that's a pretty meaningful sentence. What you don't know, you don't know. So after a week, I came back to the two partners and I said, hey, listen, I, I, I can't wait three months to tell you this. So let's just sit down now. You got opportunity in, 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 in your intake. You're taking in, let's just take one, one, one office. Let's go to Chicago. Let's just start with one place. You're, you're, you've been in the market for four years. You're taking in about 180 cases a month. You're spending this amount of money on advertising. You've got an intake problem. I completely suggested and did rearrange their intake. I mean, it was archaic what they were doing. Yet, I mean, how many people are listening to this podcast would you know, they, you know, melt, you know, with 180 cases, right. you know, uh, you know, a month. I mean, that's phenomenal, right? Awesome, so yeah. I rearranged intake. I completely shuffled, reshuffled the deck, um, completely re reutilized and repositioned their intake manager, who is still a dear, dear friend of mine and one of the very, very best in the business. Um, they had seven or eight intake specialists that were in the field. They signed up on paper, they got in their car, they came back to Vanessa and Vanessa had to enter it into uh, a Captora. So it did, wasn't getting entered into Captora. Three o'clock, they're caught in traffic. They're not doing anything. They're still taking in 180 cases a month. Uh, I put an end to all that. I, 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 first of all, I got them educated in to use Captora. They were the Captora's biggest client at the time. Uh, and so they were using it. I gave everybody tablets. So they immediately signed and used DocuSign. And at three o'clock, instead of jumping in their cars to come and hand, hand deliver this to Vanessa, they went on to the next intake. And so with simply using a CRM, retraining them, understanding and using DocuSign, we went up to in 45 days, 300 cases. 
We cut the media budget by 100 grand a month. That sounds unbelievable. Now he hovers around, I don't know, 450, 400 cases, 500 cases a month. They put money back in. But the moral of the story is it was a phenomenally successful practice. How do you make it even more successful? So when 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 I when I, I finished my gig, uh, you know, with the firm, they're in six states. They spend, I don't know, 26 million in advertising. You know, they're taking in about 18, 1900 cases a month, which is pretty phenomenal. Wow. I, I think that's one of my biggest uh, takeaways. Uh, there were some other things I did with the firm on reputation management. Um, I insisted they had a they had a, a very uh, uh, individual message, uh, you know that unless you felt into that message you weren't a client. I wanted to broaden give people the another reason, more reasons to do business with them, other than you know them needing a check, uh, and 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 so that's what I did with the firm. But it, you talk about a huge success just on the intake intake portion. Uh, and of course, they they tried to adapt that to other parts of the firm. Uh, sometimes it worked, and sometimes it didn't. Didn't. But my most successful venture with them was on intake with Chicago. I mean, that's a story, and and I've repeated that story a number of times. By the way, I had a I have a friend in in uh, a friend in Indianapolis, and he got a huge PI practice, and uh, he was always blaming he's blaming the agency the agency didn't do this i'm not comfortable right. so i put in lead docket the, the product that we developed his business his his net profit went up 30 percent. and he says i don't think i need to change agencies it wasn't the agency it was me and so i can give you story after story about uh you know intake and conversion and 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 understanding it and how it can help you manage the firm but at, but literally put more money in your pocket net because that's what it's really about. Right. Right. I mean, I, I mean, we, Alex, we haven't even touched on how the client feels when you're, when you're dealing with them, when you have the right software. Oh, oh for sure. Cause you, I mean, you're, you're touching on everything, but I want to go backwards a little bit because if we just do a little average math on, on those small changes, and I know a lot of these, you know, law firms or business owners that are listening, you know, you, you save them $100,000 a month um, in advertising. Um, so they reduced it by that much and then increased by 220 cases, right, per month. That's what, that's, uh, you know, on an average case volume, that's still 1.2 million a year and then almost a million dollars a month in extra income. Is that about right, maybe, on an average case? I'm not going to do the math now, but if you do the math, that's about right. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, you know, like, you can you can you can take your own metrics. You know, hypothetically, your practice that taking in sixty cases a month, hypothetically, you know, uh, which is a healthy, very healthy uh, inventory, and you would simply increase it without spending one nickel more. Two uh, percent. What's the math? What if it's ten percent? What if I picked up five cases? Right, five extra cases. Yeah. Now, where the arrogance comes in, where the, where, the, where, where the obstacle comes in, is the lawyer will say, I get 94% of everybody that I want. They don't even know what they're missing. Right. <laughs> and that's um, what I mean by putting your ego in front of your pocketbook. Right. And so I want to touch on something you talked about earlier. Um, a lot of the people we talk about, um, or a lot of people we work with and, and colleagues and, and some of your clients or non-clients, you know, one of the things that they never talk about it is failure. 
um, how many of these people have started and you got them to where they needed to go and then failed at it after you left? Is that has that happened? They've dropped the ball, maybe intake drop, something dropped, you know, they got those numbers up to 300 and um, seeing what anything like that go on. I, I would. Well, in in the five years I've since I retired or quit my agency, uh, I have parted ways with two clients. One, I finished the job. And it was no, there was no other, there wasn't, I wasn't into continuing on another project with them. Uh, they're still incredibly successful. Uh, and the other is a small uh, firm, uh, a friend of mine that I just came in to do an evaluation and get them going on, on primarily on intake and some of their advertising. So I haven't really lost anybody uh you know in 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 the five years that i'm you know that i've been doing this i i have uh i i guess i have a zero turnover right which is which is you know i, I don't know how to humbly answer that that's that's what i'm just trying to be as, the most what? law firms continue to stay on that track you know you taught them you went in you gave them absolutely everything well, you had after you leave do they stay on track well um I don't believe that uh, the big law firm that I, I finished my job with stayed on track, but they're hugely successful in spite of that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm not going to confide in you know, the, 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 you know, the issue because it's not my style, right. uh, but I, I haven't really lost many clients, so I can't answer that question and say, have they stayed on track? You know, what I do with oh, people- so they stay on, it's not temporary. Yeah, like when you're yeah. doing it, you're doing it. You're man, you continue. Yeah, no, I only had, you know, you know, I had, you know, I had an agreement, you know, for four years and I okay. did my job and moved on afterwards. And so, um, uh, how do I answer this? Um, you know, when I work with somebody, I have a very unique relationship with them. I'm not interested in, I'm not booking their media. I'm, I'm giving them strategy. And, and strategy means this is what we, we need to do. This is where we need to stay. This is how we need to stay on track. And this is, this is our options. You know, a law firm gets solicited by, you know, in a year, a couple of hundred vendors. You know, I got this, I can do this, I got to do this, I can do, and, and they're all shy, most of them are shiny objects. So I really help my clients stay out of trouble in, in, in every single aspect of the firm. Um, it's a very unique situation that I'm in. I don't know anybody that does what I do. Uh, I'm not saying it's rocket scientry. Is there's just a big void? There's nobody. I mean, who are you gonna, you know, who are you gonna call? Who are you gonna bounce things off of? Who are you gonna, you know, uh, get to vet things? Uh, who who can you know really stop the bullshit that's coming at you, you know, in a second and say no, this is not kosher. We're not. We, no, we can't do this. Or this is your brand. This is what you need to do. This is this is how you build a brand. And so I'm a jack of somewhat all trades. I'm not into. I don't make my money booking airtime. I don't book my I don't make my money, you know, making television commercials. You know, I keep them, I keep my client out of trouble. So what's the value of that? 
You know, if I show my client how to make, you know, five million extra dollars in a year or a million extra dollars in a year, you know, what do you pay a man like me? Right. And so my fee structure is kind of interesting. You'll pay me what you think I'm worth. Very ballsy, very very direct. Um, You and I know we don't know anybody that does that. And it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. So, I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, that, that I think I, I could sum that up. That's, you know, a me. Let's talk a little bit about where the, you know, what we can bring value to your listeners. Uh, in addition to the intake and conversion, I can't stop talking about it. I can talk about it for days and weeks and months. Um, we're in, we're some in, Alex, we're in some very changing times right now. We are. Uh, you know, people talk about brand. Uh, how important is the brand? Uh, people talk about, well, private money coming into legal advertising. It's, it's, it's about to. Uh, it's it's, it's, it's going to come in through Arizona, California, yes. Utah, another markets. But, but, but the truth of it is, is the thing that's changed the most in, in legal advertising is not the law firm. It's the client and how they think and how many options they have and how they make a decision. So what I advise is you to fully understand, you know, who you're attracting. And of course, every lawyer I've ever met, Alex says, well, I want everybody, you know, I don't right. have you know, anybody that's injured, but that's really not how it works. No. Um, I think you have to build a brand. You have to have core values. You have to know exactly who you are. And most importantly, you have to have be for the prospect to know exactly who you are and what you stand for. And that's brand. Brand is what people think of you when you're out of the room. Mm-hmm. But the climate change is on the on the on the way clients make decisions. Who makes decisions? How they make decisions? How they get information? And most importantly, what they think of you. For sure. It's not financially driven. Somebody that just had a wrongful death case or has a catastrophic injury or somebody that's lying in the hospital, right? Isn't going to call you and say, how much is my case worth? No. I mean, seriously? No. They don't know if they're going to live or die. Right. They don't know if they're going to walk or talk. So you you put that in perspective, put that in perspective and you say, okay, how should I really deal with this person? Is he going to hire me because I'm the biggest lawyer and I got the biggest verdicts? Or are they going to hire you because you're going to help them? Right. It's because you're going to help. You humanize yourself. Getting that message across is important. I'm going to give your audience a tip. It's not a tip. It's my backbone. Everything I do, everything I suggest people do is to talk to the public the way you would a jury. When you're talking to a jury, you're humanizing yourself. You're being, you have to add, you have to have credibility. You have to be liked. You have to be believed. And that's my backbone in advertising. You get what you ask for. My mentor taught me that. It's true. You get what you ask for. If I'm asking for a low end case and I'm flashing dollars and I'm, you know, I'm, you get what you ask for. You know, if, you, if you're selling speed and greed, what do you think you're going to get? Yeah. Somebody that wants speed and greed. Yeah. 
yeah, what you put out there. It's the same thing. I mean, I, I think that's that's a great metaphor for for life. I had a phone call yesterday of a friend going through something that kept asking and putting out and saying, you know, I wish I had more time to do this. I wish I had more time to do this. And then calling about my advice about losing a client. And I'm like, well, you got what you asked for. Now you have more time to do for the other things that you were asking to do, right? Like they were taking up all your time, right? You you asked exactly for it. You put it out there and that's that's kind of where you're at. Now you have time to go out and, and do the things you really wanted to. You got rid of a pain in the butt client and now you can do the things you, you wanted to do. Well, it's interesting. The name of your firm uh, company is We Do Web Content. I think it's very clear what you do. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, and it's going and, and that kind of goes into, you know, that and that's an amazing tip. I mean, this is the audience is going to love absolutely everything you're saying. Um, you know, we have such a huge legal following. Well, I also I also believe in uh, the value of the case. The value of the case is everything. Now, I have friends that have get in, taken, you know, hundreds of cases a month, you know, 1,500, 2,000 cases a month. Uh, but what's the value of it? And that's one way of running your operation. Right. And then I have, uh, I have, uh, you know, friends that have very small practices, you know, that take in 10 cases a month or 20 cases a month, but, the, but they make a hell of a lot more money than the guy's taking in, the, that's right. taking in 1,000 cases a month. You know, so it all it all depends. I have a friend in Michigan, a dear friend in Michigan, you know, that takes in about one hundred and seventy five hundred ninety thousand million, excuse me, in fees a year. He wow. has one hundred and fifty people in one location. And I have an, another friend. I have two friends that have, you know, multiple locations, 450, 300 people uh, in those firms. And they're spending 27, 24 million in that range on advertising. So they're taking in hundreds and hundreds of more cases a month. But the value is so much lower and, and the overhead is so much bigger. Who's making more money? Well, they're both. They're all making a they're lot of money. Million. They're all making over 10 million a year in their pocket. But there's a significant difference in the guy in Detroit. Because he's got control of his overhead and the value of the cases are higher. Just a different mentality, a different way of And does that do you operating. think that ties down to what he's putting out there to drive the right customers? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. You, you know, look, advertising works. Shitty advertising, good advertising, yeah, mediocre advertising. It's the message. And, and get, I'll get back to the jury. You know, when you're asking a jury for $5 million, I mean, do you walk? I mean, how, what do you do? Do you do a circus act? <laughs> yeah, that's what you're putting out there. Exactly. Definitely not. You have to be credible for a jury to give you that mm -hmm. kind of money. And so you have to show credibility. You have to show facts. You have to show that you deserve it. You know, in the trucking business, it's kind of interesting. There's about 50 or so really super qualified, certified trucking lawyers. I mean, super qualified. Right. But every lawyer on the planet wants a trucking case. Oh, yeah. So all the lawyers that advertise, they make a trucking commercial. You know, we take get trucking cases. We do this. We do that. We do that. And they take in a few cases a year. And you need one or two or three trucking cases to make a, you know, and make your year, right? I can share a situation where they, a, a, a friend and a gentleman that I work with takes in 33 cases a month mm -hmm. or 10 cases a month or 50 and how, and, and less than a million dollar 
budget. So how does that, how does, how did, how do they do that? It's all the messaging. It's telling the story. It's talking again to the public the way you would a jury. You know, Alex, you're very serious, um, you know, about, about uh, a case. Let's say you, you have a, a, a very difficult case. Don't underestimate how somebody's going to, you know, find a lawyer. You know, generally speaking, they'll say, they'll ask a friend. Well, that mm-hmm. friend says, well, here, call my lawyer. Well, my lawyer may be a real estate guy. My lawyer may be a family lawyer. My be, may lawyer, the lawyer be a guy that does, tr- you know, car accidents. But dealing with a truck accident is usually catastrophic uh, and comprehensive. I mean, do you I really do. think that, that, I'll tell you what happens almost all the time. Okay. A lawyer that, a, 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 an ardent lawyer advertised for trucking. They get the case, they sign the case up, and it immediately gets shipped out to a, to, to a trucking lawyer because they have the resources, the knowledge, the understanding, the money, uh, you know, to, to handle it. Yep. They move it around. They move it around. Well, Harlan, this has been off, awesome, awesome, awesome. I want to see, um, before we run, run into, uh, I have a couple rapid fire questions. Before that, what are two takeaways that people must know from, from, from this conversation? You must manage your practice with metrics. You must have the right software to manage your practice uh, and so that it can tell you what you don't know. I, uh, we, two years ago, uh, merged our lead docket program with FileVine. Uh, they have done a phenomenally great job at continuing and growing the product. Whether you use lead docket or something else, use something. And I've seen I've seen the demo for a couple of clients. I love it. I, the, the interaction, everything that it uh, notates, the metrics, um, so user friendly. Um, you know, I appreciate you scheduling that for me. So that was excellent. In our changing times right now, with everything that's happening in advertising and marketing, if you were speaking to someone on what verticals they should be working in, like what are what are the top five things a law firm should be doing with their advertising and marketing? Well, I think the foundation is your uh, is your web presence. You know, no matter what you do in advertising, television, radio, hanging from a tree, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like a monkey, uh, people are going to go to your website, and so you better be buttoned up with your website visually, uh, mechanically, uh, and so on. That's the absolute foundation. Uh, without that, I think you're pissing in the wind. Nice. Uh, the, the, uh, and then I, I would choose exactly what kind of cases do I want to practice on, you know, practice with. Uh, and then you choose the venue that goes after those cases in the most productive manner. And that, that kind of falls into the advertiser that says, well, I want trucking cases, so I'll just advertise for trucking. Um, I, I'm convinced uh, that there's a tremendous market in Spanish, but I'm also convinced that I haven't met a gringo that understands it. <laughs> um, and so I think that you deal in order of priority. So I'd, I'd solidify my, my, uh, my practice. I'd also make an absolute commitment to working on your business, not in your business, mm-hmm. and being a rainmaker. Excellent. Uh, and I, I have to agree with you on the Spanish. We've been producing Spanish content for people for about three years. 
And there is a great way to capture those people with, with, with the right web presence um, if the attorney understands the, the importance of that. I am absolutely convinced that a, uh, I'll use it, a gringo firm doesn't understand it because they can't read the language. They don't understand the nuances. They don't understand the search words. They're just doing what everybody else does. I, I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm saying that to be positive. Search it, seek out the best in each area. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. See, you got the best web person, the best intake people, the best television people. Television is still a huge, huge part uh, and opportunity. It absolutely works. Uh, you got to figure out how to make it all work together. Yep. And, and my tip is you get what you ask for. You know, look, I, I'd be happy to you know, to, to share more with, you know, with your audience. And we've only touched on a few things. Yeah. And we can uh, definitely have a, a part two because there's, I mean, your wealth of information and knowledge and, um, you know, we can really dive deep into all of these. I mean, we can really get into intake and really teach on it. I, I know you can for sure. Um, I'm married to two people. Uh, um, I, uh, my, 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 my wife, my partner, Patty is who I'm married to. But when I take on a client, I'm married to that client. I'm not married to the vendor. I'm not married to anything other than the client's success, yep. which means I'm not putting anything in front of that. And, and I know that hands-on because, you know, we've been the vendor on the other side of that and we know exactly how you manage that and we completely appreciate it. You know, Alex, not every deal that you and I have been in has worked out. And no. there's a lot of reasons, and some of it's my clients, some of it's you, some of it's yep. me. Uh, we, but, but honesty and transparency, the other big tip is don't hire a vendor. Hire a partner. Be a, in partnership with that, with that resource. Mm -hmm. uh, and and, and you've you, you got to work just as hard as, as the vendor. They're going to do the heavy listing, but lifting, but you have to participate. You know, the majority of people that hire a vendor, they, they hire the vendor, they tell them what to do, they tell them what they want, they don't communicate with the vendor, and then they are disappointed, so they fire them. Exactly. They fire that person. I mean, really, I mean, who's, who, who made the poor choice? Right. You know, did the vendor just not do the job? Well, the vendor didn't communicate with you, but the vendor didn't make it important enough to say, unless you have, I have access to you, when we talk every, every other week or in every situation, I'm not taking you on as a client. Yeah, you know that vendor is so eager to sign up for the client, but you got to be eager to sign up the right client, just like intake. You know, with a law firm, it's it all works the same way. It's not it's not uh, exclusive. This is not an exclusive legal con conversation. This goes to all kinds of marketing. Yeah, for sure, everything. Well, thank you very much. I mean, this is awesome. Again, we we could continue talking, uh, but let's jump in some quick, fun, rapid fire questions. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? That I follow my passion. If you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old 18 18 self, what would you say? I, I would have paid more attention to my education. I barely got in school, barely got out. Um, I wasn't as focused. I didn't recognize a disability that I'm a huge advocate for. I have dyslexia. Uh, so did Johnny Carson and so did um, um, Albert Einstein. Yep. And I didn't really get that 
focused in my life until I, you know, much later in life, I recognized it, but I really took action so that I can work with my disability. Um, and also I, uh, on, on the personal side, I wish I made better decisions when I was younger. And my decision-making process has changed when I got older. Excellent. What is your best tip for making the world a better place? Give more than you take. I said that very easily. Yeah, you had it right give, there. I have to give credit to Patty, my partner. Uh, uh, there's two things that she says to me every morning. Be interested, not interesting, <laughs> Marlon, and be kind. Love it. And believe me, I am working hard on both of those. Um, before I jump into the other ones, that made me think of something. And uh, you and I must love the exact same book. You mentioned it. It's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Second book that's most sold by Dale Carnegie. I read that book annually every year since I was in ninth grade. That it was, uh, again, like you, I was horrible at school. But one of the things I did take with me was that book given to me by my um, economics teacher. And I've picked it up every year since then. And those are definitely one of the ideals in that book is um, definitely be interested more than you are interesting. And maybe not in those words, but definitely in that. Well, in actually, that those are his words. Are they and, his words? And, the publish, and he published it, I think, about 90 years ago. It is the Bible and yeah. of, 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 of self-help. Every mm -hmm. Almost everybody that has come, whether it's a Tony Robbins or you yep. know, Coventry, or they, I mean, they, they, they come after he, us. Was, he was he was the he was the king of that. He was the guy. And it and and it is the second most published book in the world next to the Bible. I mm -hmm. think that's what you think. I too read it once a year. I listen to it actually. Yeah. Um, on my annual trek up to South Dakota in, in uh, May. Uh it's where we our second home is, and that's where we spend the summers. Uh, and I hear something different every time I listen to it. So I've listened to it probably, I've read it or listened to it over 50 times, 48 times, yeah. I think. Wow. I love it. One of my favorite books as well. What is an insult you've received that you're proud of? An insult that I received that, that I'm proud, proud of? of? Oh boy. Um, Boy, I don't know how to answer that. I, 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 you got me there. Uh, an insult that I received um, that I'm proud of. Um, I got a really big nose. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Um, I can live anywhere in the world. Uh, we enjoy our time in uh, South Dakota, Spearfish, South Dakota. I'm a resident. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's my happy place. Yep. Uh, I love being on a beach. And uh, the winters in Arizona aren't too bad. Nope, not. You live in some very awesome places. I've been to South Dakota and drove through um, where your home is and absolutely amazing. If you could remove all barriers and constraints, what project would you do? And would you want to be known only by that project? I just completed being um, co uh co-chairman of a charity for my motorcycle group. Uh, Hampshire's USA is a motorcycle group. And uh, 
we just had a silent auction on a Monday night in Sturgis, and we raised five hundred and fifty thousand nine hundred ninety-four dollars. Oh wow, it's and, up from and, where and, I saw it. Okay, yes, nice. it is in one night, uh, and so we're twelve years into this, over five million. The lives that we have affected, the children for their special needs children in the Black Hills is absolutely overwhelming. When you meet that kind of a child that has nowhere to go and all of a sudden they have a productive life and you're able to be part of that, I cannot think of anything in my life that could top that. Wow, thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, the vulnerability. I get choked up talking about it. You are, we, your, your passion and, and true love for that totally just came out right now. And I don't want to ask any more questions. That was the perfect ending to, to it all, to see your true heart and passion and love for you, for, for seeing that growth in somebody else. I mean, well, let me know. give the hospital a plug. It's, it's, it's in Sioux yeah. Falls in Rapid City. Uh, it, we, we catered to about 4,500 outpatient kids a year. Uh, we spoke, we specialize on the ones in, in the Black Hills because that's where our, our where, where my flag is planted, you know, with our hamster group. And 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 I don't do this. We get the motorcycle community to do this. I'm just the ringleader. And uh, Lifescape is the name of the hospital. Well, thank you very much for that. Harlan, I'm sure tons of people are gonna want to reach out to you. How does someone get a hold of you? and work with you or just contact you for some honest, real life questions? Well, you can go to harlanschillinger.com. And uh, if you reach out to me, I'll absolutely get back to you. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's how I, that's how I can be contacted. Awesome. Harlan, thank that, you. That's so my much. web. That's my website. Yes. Uh, my website. Oh, gee, it's a one pager. <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll pass out the information once, once we get this email out. Thank you, Alex, for having thank me you on so your much. show. You and I have developed a great friendship and it's been, it's uh, based on integrity. Uh, we, we have a lot of commonality. Uh, but the thing I'm most attracted to about you is you're a quality guy. You have a quality business and you put out great content. You really do. You're really a leader in the in the world. I, I, this may sound patronizing, or I'm giving you a plug, but the, I have tremendous respect for you and Jason and, and 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 your partners. You do a great job. Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless. That's that's amazing to hear that, especially from you. Again, I thank you for being on the show. I know um, you know you you've got a lot to do for so for you to take the time to be on it. I truly appreciate it. Have an amazing day. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Peace out. He's my brother.